If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long. And I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. Hi, friend. You're listening to the Teas Made podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer and a midlife mom of five living in Michigan. In this podcast, we'll talk about some of my favorite things like books, creativity, outdoor adventure, and of course, warm beverages, and I'll share practices that can help you infuse your home, work, and family life with a sense of intention, comfort, and connection. The tea's made, so settle in, get comfortable, and let's chat. Hi, friends. I have been doing a lot of research lately on the history of tea as a beverage, as a ritual and a practice, and as an industry. And what's really stood out to me is that for as much as tea can often be seen as sort of a feminine thing in Western culture, the recorded history of tea is overwhelmingly male. And of course, that really doesn't tell the whole story because throughout history, women, particularly women of color, have been intimately involved in the harvesting and production and serving of tea. But they typically haven't been the ones getting named in the history books. So today we're digging into the archives to tell the story of one particular woman's tea journey. You're about to hear an interview that was originally published in 2022 on the former Mother of Reinvention podcast. And it's with Laura Cepeda, founder of Modestine, a ritual-based wellness company that you can find online. Modestine was Laura's grandmother, and she introduced Laura to the ritual of tea at a very early age. In this episode, Laura tells me all about her experience growing up in the Caribbean and how her grandmother's approach to community and wellness influenced her, her experience of becoming a tea sommelier, and just why tea and rituals around tea are so powerful. This was one of my very favorite interviews ever, and I know you're going to love it. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much. I really appreciate being here. So before we jump in, I have to ask you, I don't know if you have a, a mug of tea nearby or if you just had any today yet, but what if you're not sipping tea now, what is the most recent tea you have sipped? I literally just had three cups of chai and I I can can get into the whole like too deeply into the sipping sometimes I didn't keep it around me right now but yeah chai I had this cozy chai that's really cozy and comfy so I just have like three cups of that love that I just actually put an order in at your store and I have oh it's your Earl Grey and I can't remember the name of it but it had a clever name and up with Earl up with Earl yes and then you had a tea Something about love, like self-love. Sweet love. Sweet love. Those yes, are on there. I think I think I ordered love. both of those. And then I got a sample too. So I think the sample I went with let go and something else. Yes. I can't remember. Are those all okay? So should I be excited? 
You should be very excited. I love that you got up with Earl and Sweet Love. Sweet Love is really, it really helps with that. Enhances the feeling of, you know, your feeling of yourself. Like whatever yeah. feeling you put into yourself, yeah, that's the energy you're getting into. It. And up with Earl, name, I just love calling it that because the, the caffeine in there helps you to stay up, but it gives you like a calm up. And I wanted to relate Earl to it because everybody knows Earl Grey. Right. But this Earl Grey is, it's, it's very different because we added like vanilla to keep that smoothness. Mm. So you're up, but you're nice and smooth. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, I am a big, so I'm a black tea drinker in the morning until probably about one or two o'clock in the afternoon that I switched to herbal. So I just put aside my turmeric ginger that I've been sipping for the last little bit. But I'm just excited to talk about tea because you are a certified tea sommelier, which I'm going to guess a lot of people didn't know that was a thing. So how did that certification process go? What did your training look like? And what does that kind of mean now that you have that, that title, I guess? Yeah. So I didn't even know there was any tea sommelier information or certification or someone being identified like that. So when I came across that, I thought it was really cool to do because, you know, my whole background with the involves my grandmother, who is the matriarch namesake of the business. So when I was growing up and I saw her doing all those things, I really was not into it. Like Mm. it it, it just, I was nine. Like, why would you want me to do this at nine? My cousins are having tea parties and you want me to go through these things. So I really wasn't into it, but I paid attention. And I'm so surprised at how much attention I paid that it's visiting me now. And it's really helping me to move the brand from states to stage to stage. But I'm saying all this to say that my grandma was also a tea sommelier, but that was not talked about. It was not, a you know, again, not a notified or obvious name for that particular practice of, you know, in tea. So when I came across the name, I think it was at a yoga center that I was talking to one of the ladies in there and she knew a friend who was so crazy about tea as well, like myself. And I just connected with her. And for some reason I started some of the information she was sharing. I just went online and I typed in what is the highest, like how, what can be, what can a person who's obsessed with tea? Like I just kept doing research upon research, Mm. came across the, that certification. And you know, when I communicated with the, the the instructor, they lived in Canada. So that's like a thing in Canada. It's a huge deal, T. Sommelier, that, that is huge in Canada. So when I researched and I started, when I got in contact and was about to do it, it was through Canadian certification. But again, further research led me to a Buddhist practitioner that he is really awesome about it. And they have been doing it in California. We ended up taking, doing our courses here in New York. They came to New York. And we were at a hotel for like three days straight, heavy tea drinking. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And the experience with that was so great too. Because my friend and I, my friend at the time, she and I did the course together. And one of the teas, while she was sipping it, she started to have this, you know, reaction of going back in time. And I said to her, I said, maybe you should ask him. Maybe you should mention to him what you're experiencing. And he said to her, you know, that was really good that she brought it up because the experiences she was having was that she and her brother having fun in their basement as a kid. And he related that back. He said, that's so interesting that you had this experience because this tea in actuality was stored in the basement. So if you see that that connection of how she was thinking about how it brought her back to basement playtime and how it relates to because it was stored in the basement. 
again, all this to say as well that tea is so connected. It has its own level of consciousness and wisdom that if we really sit into it, it can teach us. Okay, friends, you have already heard me talk about my new Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic. I love these versatile, classic, and comfy slip-on shoes, and the Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which is what I want to tell you about today. Vionic Vitals contains some of Vionic's most versatile daily styles. So if you've been curious about Vionic but are overwhelmed by all the choices, start with the Vitals collection first. The Willow Flat was my very first Vionic style, and I have been in love with it for years. I'm also eyeballing the Chardonnay heeled sandal for summer date nights. Like all of Vionic's footwear, the shoes in the Vionic Vitals line are super comfortable, stable, and supportive with Vionic's exclusive Viomotion technology. Go to vionicshoes.com vitals to find the vitals collection and use the code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order plus free shipping when you log into your account. That code is good for a one-time use only, so be sure to make the most of it. That's TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com. I was at a, a tasting in Napa not too long ago and a girl, the woman who was leading us through the tasting mentioned that it was a very uh, mineral wine. And she said it made her think of playing on wet pavement with her brother when she was really little. And she's like, not anybody wow. else might pick that up. So I'm wondering if you have the same experience sometimes where you're picking up something in a note from a tea that maybe is just related to your history or your life or, or your memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I moved here from the Caribbean. So a lot of times when I feel like I want to get that feeling, I don't want to just oh speak to my friends and family there, but I really want to get into that, you know, cozy Caribbean kind of feeling. There's this one that I have with coconut. And immediately once I get into that coconut feeling, it takes me back to tropical, to mm-hmm. that beach days. It's, it, it, it's, it's so interesting how tea has that consciousness and how if you allow yourself to spend that mindful moment with it, how much it wants to speak back to you. And yeah. I, I realized I didn't answer that part of the question about, but what does that having that certification mean? So ideally it, it helps me to create menus for like different restaurants, because now we're looking into the things that a wine sommelier would look into, like for tastings and, and how you can pair it. So that gives me the ability and, and sort of in, in its own ways, gives me that right, stands me in that position as expert in that field where I can help break down the tradition, the planning, any, anything associated with tea, as far as also going back to the soil. That's, that's a level of education that we have as the sommeliers where you you learn where the tea is grown and you can taste, you, once you taste that tea, you can tell which part of the mountains it comes from. There's Mm. this particular white tea by Mudan that as soon as I taste it, I know it's Fujian mountains, like that it gives you that ability to go in it hone in deeper into assisting people that want to learn more about teas. It, it categorizes you in a place where you can, you know, go deeper, help out a lot with taste, with, you know, not just selling teas, but knowing a lot more information, grounded, rooted information, if you will, about wow. teas. Wow. I I love that. That is so cool. And so now you have the certification. You started this company. Let's back up a, another 
minute or so to when you were telling me about the company's namesake, your grandmother, and that you weren't into it. You weren't into the ceremony. You weren't into the ritual. But obviously, at some point, that changed for you. So what did that look like? Huh. Yeah, I think when I turned 18, I got this gift from a cousin of mine. And she said to me, that's a special gift. And the special gift that had like a bunch of tea notes, tea writings, and it was probably some stuff my grandmother had written out, you know, because traditionally that was the strength of the community in the Caribbean is all about herbs, plant medicine. There, there was no, I mean, we had technology um, for medicine, but I think as a community understanding traditional practice, healing practices, everything went back to the land, went back to earth. and so. I just think I decided that after my cousin gave me that information, I took it and I ran off to nature with it. And I can't tell you, it it sounds weird, I guess, but it was more of a magical thing for me because that's when I got the call. That's when the call for me was cemented that that's what I needed to do. And I, I I fast forward a little bit because I remember when I was thinking about really getting into the business because something about it at that point in my life, what I did with my grandmother, what she was showing me, like really hit my heart. And I I had this feeling of regret, like, why did I not pay more attention? Like, why, you know, what was I so unwilling, you know, because the, the feeling, the energy that it gave me in my body, it was cementing that that's what I needed to do. And then I I had like, a moment with my grandmother. Sometimes I talk to her because when I'm going through stuff, it just is comforting for me to speak to her spirit. So I was talking to her and she said to me, you know, I was really mad. And I did EFT, like tapping that healing mm-hmm. module for like different things in my life. And, you know, it's it showed up three years ago that I'm not, I still haven't fully grieved her. So I remember talking to her about that. You know, why has this happened? Why am I still going through the grief part of it? And expressing to her that I was so mad that she left. And she Mm -hmm. said to me, I had to go so that you can become. And that solidified for me that I had to move into this, what I'm doing right now. And it's, it's all because of her and it's her legacy, you know, and calling it her. I I couldn't think of anything else. My sister recommended after we tried so many different names and my attorney was like, Nope, this one is taken. This one is taken. And my sister was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Right, the name is right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I love that, you know, she said that she had to go so that you could step in, essentially step into that place because maybe when she was occupying it, it didn't feel like there was room for you there or you didn't know how to make it your own. She sounds like she was a very powerful personality and a powerful presence. she was, she was. And and those words that she spoke to me was my point of healing, was my actual point of healing, because in some ways I think I was holding on, probably had some grudge, really mad at her for leaving, you know, and, and getting that explanation that, you know, although it was heavy and hard for me to hear, I really, it brought healing to me and it also opened the path. Like it made me aware of my why, why am I doing this, you know, and taking all of she, what she has taught me and bringing it back into, but also I think it was the practices, healing practices with herbs and teas at that time. I I think there were some aspects of it that were taboo. And I think my grandma probably was not feeling too safe in her body sometimes to, excuse me, to speak more on it because now into wellness, we're all about herbs. We're all about medicine and stuff like that. So I think she somehow in her wisdom knew that 
I would be bold enough to do it and not hold back. Like she was holding back certain things that we can now talk about that. It's okay to talk about. Wow. Wow. So the theme for this season of the podcast is community. And I can definitely tell that at Modestine Tea, you've got that as a focal point. So I have to ask when you started the company, what appealed to you most, like the tea or the ritual and the community around the tea? Or for you, is it all wrapped up together? It is all wrapped up together. Really nice question. It's all wrapped up together. I couldn't think of pulling, it's just tea or it's just the ritual. It, it, it was everything because they all came together to create the community. It's they, everything together solidified the unity in the community. Every aspect of that, all three were all needed to make the community what it is. So it's all of it. Wow. And why do you think tea is such a powerful centerpiece to community and to ritual and to community through ritual? Yeah, I think it's the, the, the gathering aspect of it. It has this solemn, you know, energy around it that once you sit, it, it makes you want to talk because now you're in this quiet moment. It has fed you all of this calmness and you're in this quiet moment. You have to talk, you know, like yeah. we're, we're not in a silent circle or a silent retreat. It creates this sort of um, quiet moment that you have time to think. And then you consciously want to ask questions. You consciously want to have conversation within the setting that you're in. I think that's part of it. And again, I think it also goes back to T's consciousness. It just knows when we are in a setting or wherever we are, it meets us there and it, it feeds us what we need in that moment. So I, I also think a large part of it is, has to do with the spirit of tea and the consciousness of tea. Mm, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about how uh, I read a lot of, you know, like old British literature and it's like tea is the solution for everything. Stressed out, <laughs> had a, you know, got a startle, sick, whatever it is, yeah. have a cup of tea. And I thought, how can one thing do all of those things? How can something that stimulates you also calm you? But yet it does. Like when I am, even when I drink caffeinated tea, it's caffeinating me, but it's also smoothing me out. Like you said earlier about the Earl Grey. And I, I just think that's so fascinating, like how one thing can do so much. Yeah, yeah. That is such an astute observation. I love that you made attention to that because I think when I was growing up, that was one of the things that really puzzled me. Like I would see, you know, women coming so my grandmother, like they would have circles and stuff like that. Women's circles, tea circles. And I sometimes never understood one woman would be all flustered. And then the other woman would be like so calm and quiet. And my grandma would make one particular cup of tea, like a pot of tea. And that fed whatever these two women needed, even though one had a different energy than the other. And again, I have to relate that back. Just knowing from tea sommelier courses and stuff, I have to relate that back to you know definitely some areas where that plant is grown and how it has been harvested i i feel like a lot of leaves that come from china and certain places where the practice is very rooted in zen and stuff like that i i honestly feel like some of that really relates to how we how we deal how tea interacts with us in wow. the moment keeping us calm but keeping us calm but also giving us the energy that we need in that moment Wow. And, and so the properties of the tea are coming from the tea itself, but do you think there's something about sharing the tea that almost like the frazzled woman was able to calm down because there was the calm woman sharing the tea with her? And that's a little woo woo, but I feel like you'd be into it. Yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not woo woo at all. That gives yeah. me excited. It's not woo. I, I, again, yes, 
so it feeds like yeah. the energy just passes it passes itself around you know take what you need take what you don't you know leave what you don't need yeah, yeah. I, it, 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 it boggles my mind but it excites me so much about yeah. and I this is something that I want to go deeper into the whole consciousness of tea because prior to that my grandmother talked about it and those were things I like pushed to the back like I thought she was a little crazy sometimes, but she would always talk about the consciousness of the tea leaves, the consciousness. And, and my, like, what is she talking about? But again, you know, it, it once you get into that place where you spend so many years and because it's probably rooted so deeply in me, I honestly revert everything back to that consciousness because those leaves have their particular own wiring of information which is weird right it's a little woo to think that leaves have wiring so to speak where they are connected to what it's like crystals I feel mm -hmm. like I love crystals too because they have that same thing like I, they would call me and I just have whatever experiences but I think these kind of like earthly gems or things of nature in that sense I think they came here with that level of wisdom that we need and we, we, we get it a lot when we spend a lot more time with them. I love it. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to talk about kind of debunking the idea of what a tea party is, because I know you, you don't think of it as a stuffy thing, <laughs> a stuffy, like, you know, formal affair. And there's a very different way of looking at sharing tea. So we're going to talk about that when we get back. Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at Vionicshoes.com. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. What are the parts of a tea party or sharing tea that are timeless, and how do you see yourself in your role in making this a, rit a ritual that's really relevant to a modern woman's life. So can I, can I talk really quickly about that stuffiness? Because I yes. think that is what, when my grandmother was trying to teach me when I was nine, yeah. that is one of the things I didn't like about it. I, I just didn't like the, if it, it was not a wellness tea get together, it was this British thing, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, <laughs> the hat and the gloves and the oof I, I, I didn't the tiny little cakes and things yes oof. <laughs> like I, I couldn't relate to that but I got sucked into that healing aspect whenever I see a woman got healed so I got sucked into that but getting back to you know relating tea to the modern woman's lifestyle nowadays we have 
everything's about wellness. And nowadays, because we're so big on yoga, meditation, stuff like that, <clears throat> excuse me, we are able now to bring the language of tea into that setting. And so it's easier. And the modern woman has that ability to center in tea meditation, to center in a grounding ritual. You know, you take after any kind of workout, after meditation or yoga, because everything was so involved in the crown and, you know, in the head, mental area, you want to come back down to earth and ground yourself. The modern woman who's always practicing yoga, practicing modern wellness, has that um, opportunity and the ability to sit with tea in a different kind of party. So now you're doing tea circles, like I said, tea meditation, different tea rituals. This is how I feel the practice for a modern woman. She can relate to tea outside of that stuffiness. How would something like a tea circle, like what does that actually look like? So we're getting together and sitting on the floor. We're not sitting on those tables, that fluffy mm-hmm. tables that have the white tablecloth and that. We're sitting on the floor in, in a circle. And we purposely sit on the floor in a circle to create that oneness. I'm not looking over you. We're all looking in the same on the same frequency. So when we sit in that, we get to talk about the birth of tea, how it can help that woman center. And of course, each woman has a different story. So we're sharing stories in the meantime. Whatever the conversation would have been at the white tablecloth, you know, lifestyle for stuffy tea parties, we're now sitting on the floor and getting more comfortable and more grounded and being real. You know what I mean? Expressing it's no longer this thing of like, oh my God, my my shirt or, or whatever <laughs> that stuff has right. really annoyed me. But yeah, now we're sitting and we keep, we're real. We're talking now. We're talking about real stuff. We're sharing stories. We're sharing stuff that happened last week to maybe a mom had an issue, a, a meltdown with a kid. And we're sharing how we can bring tea as a calming moment for mom or whatever that the working woman, whatever that is. So it's, it's not for me. I, I differentiate it with where we're really, we're being real. Tea parties to me, those stuffy things are not real. You just come to show like the elegant part of things. Mm-hmm. But I think the modern woman's tea party, which is a tea circle, is just sitting in and, you know, just having conversations about what's happening in her life and being able to relate, finding a blend, finding leaves that work for her, work for her situation. So it's to me that that's just powerful. Opposed to sitting and sipping tea pretentiously. Right, right. Well, and it's, it's, it almost is like what women tend to do naturally when they sit around with alcoholic beverages, but in a, but in a healing way. So you're, instead of numbing out and everyone getting progressively drunker (laughs) and, you know, at some point the conversation is like, maybe not as helpful anymore. You're, you have that aspect of sharing and community, but you're, but you're consuming something that's uplifting and healing at the same time, which it's like a double whammy. It's great. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. Quick question for you. And this is just something relating to the, the, the T sommelier program you were talking about at the beginning is there a difference? I've, I've heard different, I guess, interpretations of how herbal tea plays into the overall tea, you know, the world of tea. I know that the green tea, white tea, and black tea are like the three considered real teas, but where do yes. herbs and spices and herbal teas fit into that mix? So they fall into the category called tisans. So tisans are anything that were made from fruits, roots, barks, so that can be a chamomile blend would be a tisane. 
anything that doesn't have tea, tea leaves that are made from the real canelia. I always have issues pronouncing the <laughs> canelia sinensis. <laughs> so okay. anything that doesn't have leaves from that plant, it's not real tea. They would fall into the sun. Like you mentioned, okay. green, black, white, they are all real tea because they have that plant in them. The tassans are the herbs, flowers, roots, barks, stuff like that. With the herbal now, we're not, we're now going to put it into the category of if we don't say tassan would be like an, an herbal concoction or an herbal blend rather than herbal tea because it doesn't have tea leaves in it. It's just for all herbs. So we'll call it more of an herbal blend rather than herbal tea. So when you became a tea Somalia, you're training... I'm going to guess centered more around real tea and then the herbal blends. Is that more something that you've learned more about herbal medicine? Like those are almost like two different like ways of learning. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes, definitely. Definitely. We did. We only focused on real tea for a while. The better part of the, that certification was all tea, tea, tea. And then later on we focused on a little bit touched on the herbal blends, but it was all about real tea. Gotcha. Okay. I just think that's interesting and something that a lot of people don't know because the word tea is just sort of used like, like a catch-all, like it applies to everything. Yeah. And you know what's funny? The, the most interesting thing about that last year, I realized I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't like that about myself because I started finding out that I'm like a tea snob. I'm like, no, I, I, I get like, I think I get a little irritated when people say herbal tea and it's mm-hmm. not their fault because that information is not out there. Right. You know, and, and so I had to like restructure myself like, no, this is where you come in and you can share information that, you know, along with other people, other Somalis that are sharing that information. But yeah, it's just because a lot of people don't know everything is tea. Once we're making it and putting it in the cup or the mug, it's tea. Right. Okay. Okay. That's funny. I read an article not too long ago about how, you know, you've got rest, lots of, I guess, hotels and high-end restaurants will serve a high tea. And that's where, you know, you know, it's like, you pay $75 to go in and have a pot of tea and some little tarts and things like that. But this article I was reading said, actually, historically, high tea would have been like a working person's meal. It would have been the afternoon meal. So it wasn't even fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so who right. knew? And, and, <laughs> and that's another thing that gets to me too, because I see it a lot. And I am working on myself with that because I don't want to get frustrated. I have to be mindful that a lot of this information is not you know, fully known to us. And I think because you know, the whole idea of tea and afternoon tea, it was more of a, more British rooted at the time. And it, when, when it made its way to America, I feel like it's, we're treating it differently where high tea is supposed to be, we're thinking it's sophisticated. That's why it's called right. high tea. And that was like, it really isn't just meat and potatoes as opposed to the tiny dainty stuff with the little tarts and stuff. This is yeah. afternoon tea. Well, and it's like, yeah, I can totally understand. You don't want to come off as snobby about it, but you also want to educate because that's your job. You're a tea sommelier. So it's like the gentle education, (laughs) which I guess you can do with your tea circles. You could just say, oh, by the way, did you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is how we do it. Gracefully talk about it, you know, and then people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. And so when, whenever I, I get upset or get a little like triggered because people are using the interchanging it wrongly I always remember that one woman that one person is like oh my god I didn't even know that like people genuinely don't know you know and probably are really like excited or glad to have the information once they have right so right yeah right exactly we're all learning right (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I'm learning yeah I do think there is something about 
like slowing down and savoring life that starts to take on a greater significance as we're getting older and like moving into our forties and older. So do you witness that in the community around you, the communities that you're creating around these tea rituals? And did you see that growing up? Yes. Yeah, totally. It, it's, and it's growing. I think the beverage itself has that thing about it that grows with every age group. I have been seeing that as I was growing up and I'm seeing it here more than ever, whenever I do any kind of tea events, you would see the age group from, like you said, 30 and it moves all the way up because it provides that grounding, all of that stuff that moves us into, you know, the different ages. In fact, one of my teas, I purposely called like Queendom Rain because that one speaks to every cycle that a woman goes through. You know, we have the maiden, the, married woman and then the crone. Well, Laura, tell us as we wrap up about your personal daily routines and rituals and how tea plays a role in those. I just kind of imagine you just have tea near you most of the day. So I would love to hear about what your day looks like and and how tea plays a part in that. Sure, sure. Waking up, I always have my ritual and rise a practice from home. Like some of the ingredients that I use in ritual and rise, my grandma had them home as well and so we would wake up at the rock of dawn and just sit and watch the sun come up so I literally do that every morning granted the way a building is positioned in New York you get sun sometimes and you don't get it but (laughs) that that aspect of waking up is very huge for me sitting where I can see the sun while having a cup of tea because to me those two elements merge together to really awaken my inner self so it's like tea in the morning, two or three cups when I wake up, then I get into tea meditation. So there's the the tea to just wake me up. And then there's like sitting in tea meditation for like roughly 15 minutes. And then at lunch tea, it's always tea. The thing is growing up in the Caribbean, tea is to the Caribbean what coffee is to America. Okay. So yeah, we had tea all day long and it's a hot, you know, it's tropical. It's hot. Yeah. But we had hot tea. I've never had you know, cold tea until I started living here. I didn't know anything about like iced tea. We had, mm-hmm. which now I look back at really like, what, what are we thinking? We're hot, hot sun, 98 degrees, 24 seven, but we're drinking hot tea 24 seven. But there's a, a beneficial um, aspect of that that I learned later. But yeah, it's everything is tea throughout the entire day. And let's say I'm going through something. I know for a fact that I have to sit with a cup of tea because there are, um, properties and certain teas that would feed you and help you get out of a certain emotion in that moment. And I, I mean, business is up and down from since the pandemic. So there are times when, yeah, as a business owner, emotions are up and down. So yeah, it's tea 24 seven because business can get rocky. So yeah. Yeah. Seven yeah. rituals. Yeah. What about at night? What's your, what's the, the, the last tea that you drink before, you know, you wind down for the evening? I, I toss between Let Go and Queendom Rain because Queendom Rain has a lot of calming properties, but Let Go helps to reduce cortisol, which I know is so important for before bed. So I go between those two most of the time. If you had to choose the favorite blend, which one would it be? I would go Queendom Rain. Yeah, it, it covers a lot. It, it doesn't just cover for sleep. It also helps. It has hormonal balancing ingredients in there too. So much great wisdom from Laura Cepeda of Modestine. Definitely look her up online at buymodestine.com and I'll include that link in the show notes. 
And you know, I really have to say it was fun to listen to this episode again and reflect on just how much my personal tea journey has changed in just a couple of years. And I also checked in with Laura at Modestine and she's got a lot of great new stuff happening. So definitely check out her site. I'm also working on a blog post right now about the traditional place of women in tea and how that's maybe changing a bit and how I'm navigating that as I develop my personal interest and practice. That will be up at meganfrancis.substack.com soon, hopefully by the time this drops, but if not, very soon. That's all for this episode of The Tea's Made. You can find links to the products and other things we talked about today in the show notes for this episode. You can find that by scrolling down below the episode in your podcast app, or you can go to theteasmade.com and find all the episodes, plus resources, links to my favorite teas and books and other products, and so much more. I share new episodes every Thursday, so please follow or subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And while you're in your podcast app, I would love if you'd leave a rating or review. It really helps me out so much. Okay, friends, that's all for now. I will talk to you again very soon. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long. And I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. 
Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.